Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Friday, September 10, 2021. This is essentially a weekend video. I know that a lot of folks would want a weekend video. These are the diehards out there, so here it is. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or SPIDER, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first order of business is we have an ugly daily candle on the SPY. We have a bona fide reversal candle on an increase in volume. We have to take that with the utmost of seriousness. What else do we have from a big picture perspective? Well, we've been discussing for the last couple of weeks that the mid part of September is going to be where we have an appointment or the market has an appointment with the return of some volatility. Here's an image of the VIX, and you can see today we had a surge higher in the VIX, almost 11% up north. Now, it's not technically the middle of the month, but I think everybody gets the point. Let's take it a couple of steps further. They've given up the 20-period moving average once again. We discussed this last night, maybe the last couple of nights. Let's say they do the same thing they've been doing. Well, they could essentially recock the weapon. Let's do it again. They come here, they come down, they go up. They go down, they go up. They continue to make higher lows. Higher lows is an uptrend by definition. So here we are again. They've broken the 20-period moving average. They've done that before. They have yet to make a lower low. So in a sense, the market is not doing anything out of the ordinary. Also, we talked about this last night. These aren't exact, but the distance between the pullbacks, it's not the same, but it's not that much different either. It kind of has some symmetry to it. So what are we saying? We're saying don't yet fall into the trap that the market's going to collapse until it gives you the real signal. Has it given us the real signal yet? Not really. What it's given us is the first signal. It has a reversal. Okay, fair enough. But does that mean there's a collapse on our hands? We have to wait for the Irene number. Now, we talked about this a number of times also. This is essentially a big-time number. A, it would represent the market not making higher lows, but a lower low. So that would change the trend. That would change the character, the trajectory of the market. However, there is another number higher that we'll call it Irene's little sister. We'll know more next week, but if she starts closing below Irene's little sister, there's some trouble in paradise. What number is Irene's little sister? It's not that far away. I'm going to reserve it for next week. Let's talk about something else that's on the table. Next week is quadruple witching options expiration. What does that mean? It's the end of a quarter. So you have everything that has options, quarterly options, regular way options, all kinds of stuff, index options, all the asset classes under the sun will expire. So therefore, we need to be aware of shenanigans. So how do you put this together? Well, you put it together like this. If this is in fact another one of these recocking of the weapon situations, they're going to find a low probably the beginning of next week, or they're going to gap them up on Monday either way, and then they're going to start up again. However, 
there's a couple of things going on that we have to be aware of. That's number one. What's option number two? Option number two is there's just an all-out failure, and we know this is a line in the sand. We'll watch for that. We have another number ahead of time. We'll have more discussion into next week if that's going on. If we have another big down day, that would also change the character of what's going on in the market. What am I seeing there? Well, this pullback begins to look a little bit different than the prior pullbacks. Either way, we're looking for A, either a failure, then we know it's absolutely game on. The second option is we find the low again, just like they've done many times before. They start up again, and then there's a failure, and that's the end of it. So that's option number two. And then, of course, option number three is they just do the same thing they've been doing. They find the low, they recock the weapon, they go up and make new highs and continue on. Now, that's actually the less likely scenario. Can they make new highs again? Sure, they can make new highs again. But the more time that passes into the middle part of September, the less likely that's going to happen. It could happen in a blow-off top scenario at which we would be able to identify that it was in fact a blow-off scenario and we'd be able to take advantage of it. Right now, if we're going with the 80-20, meaning they do the same thing the majority of the time until they don't, then we use the uptrend. We say the trend is your friend until it's not. And when they get down in the vicinity of this trend line, and I drew it in here very, very rough, you saw it. When they get in the vicinity of this or before, they're going to bounce again. Another thing of note, something else that we just have to have in the back of our mind. What happened today? A lot of traders most likely were buying puts with both hands. So what happens when the professional traders get a hold of them? They rip the market back in the other direction, issuing a conveyor belt of pies in the face, leaving the little guy stranded on the side of the road one more time. Now here's the caveat. One of these times, the little guy is right. He's right, she's right, about 15 or 20% of the time. So sometimes they catch lightning in a bottle and they'll buy the puts on a Friday and the market will have another big day down on Monday. That can happen, it does happen, it just doesn't happen very often. These are awareness things. These are things that you need to be aware of that happen on a regular basis in the market. It's the way the market operates. It has to do a lot with psychology, what the little guy does, meaning the retail investor, versus the professional trader slash the institutional investor. Who's generally on the right side? Who's generally on the wrong side? For example, if most call options bought and put options bought expire worthless, who's buying them and who's on the other side of that trade that was selling the put or selling the call? And the answer is really pretty obvious. Most of the options that are purchased on the call side or the put side, expire worthless. They're bought by the smaller individual retail trader. If you check in with professional traders, they'll tell you eight out of 10 times, they'd rather sell a put or sell a call because they have an advantage over the buyer of the put and the call. There's caveats, there's hedging, there's naked puts, naked calls. I get all that stuff. We're just talking about the concept of having 
time on your side or time work against you? Do you want to have time and price work against you? Or do you want to have one work against you and have potentially both working for you? Any combination thereof, if you're on the selling side, you have the opportunity of having time working for you. Here's a picture of a 120-minute chart. The 445.14 was a spot we identified simply as this breakup candle low. They didn't quite get there. They almost got all the way there. The first number, 446.58, was a gap. They came up short at the conclusion of this 120-minute candle. And as you can see from a 15-minute chart perspective, they really cut through it like a hot knife through butter. Why is that? It's the same thing we talk about with stocks on the move. They came down and they rallied away. Then they came down again. It's not the same trade from an intraday perspective. Had they come into this spot directly, that's a different story. Same thing we discuss with stocks on the move. By the way, this is one of these shenanigan tail candles. So we have a candle here that I think it goes up to about 451 and change. The high is 451.02. The market was never up there today, not that I saw anyway. It's food for thought. It's just something to watch. If, in fact, we get any kind of a bullish tape going into Monday, you want to keep your eye on 451. Now, let's talk about something else. We're back on the 120-minute chart. We talk a lot about the market revisiting a breakout and breakdown area. Well, here we have, and this was one of the other reasons for this general zone, is this is a breakout area. Now, you can take it from here where the market rallied up and was rejected. We talk about that all the time. Or it's somewhere inside of this, and then they bounce up again. So here, we're inside of it. Now, here's the rub. If they're not going to respect or honor the most recent or former breakout area, which is this zone in here then you have to watch out because then we may be in for a real decline, a real correction, a real failure of this spot, at which point we'd have to come up with other numbers that would be the next item up for business in the way station department on the southern trip. Here's the net-net. They came into the zone we identified. That doesn't mean the market is bearish. They just came into the zone we identified they're in the midst of one of these pullbacks. It could be another recocking of the weapon. We don't know until we see a failure. There's no postcards in advance. They don't send a tweet out if they're going to fail. So we have to either see a failure in the making from an intraday perspective, and then it morphs from there, or you have to be comfortable guessing at the market, and that's not something I'm willing to do. So adding on to the net-net. They did all that stuff we just discussed, and, and this is something else, back to the daily chart that we talked about last night, if they did it into the end of the week slash into the early part of next week, they're essentially on time. So here we have on time doing the same thing that they've done before, four times on the chart. This is number five. One of them will fail, but we don't assume one's going to fail until it begins to fail. And we have all this happening on the front end of quadruple witching options expiration week next week. And not to mention, volatility is scheduled to be back into the market mid-September. So where does that leave us? 
it leaves us and we'll know more on Monday, we're either going to have a failure or we have a full stack. Here's something else that we always have to keep in mind. The market's job is to make as many investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. So whenever it looks like things are going to fail, when things look like they can't get any worse, you're staring into the abyss, the black hole, that's usually, not all the time, usually closer to a bottom, and it's the really, really difficult place to step in and take the trade. And we know that sometimes, and it's the infrequent, it's not the majority, but the minority of time, that rubber band will snap, and that price is not the price, and they are going lower. It happens, but at the same time, it also happens right at that price, right in that zone where it looks like, and most traders feel like, there's no way they could take the trade right there. And there, my friends, is the way the market works. How do I know that? What did it look like here? How did it feel? What did it look like here? How did it feel that day, that hour? What about here? What about here, right before the reversal? What did it look like? How did it feel? What was in the news? What was the media saying? What were you doing? How many puts were bought in the market? Do yourself a favor and go back to each of those days and review the news. Refresh your memory. Review your notes if you take notes every day on what's happening around the markets. And here's how I tie that all together. They do the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes they do something different, and we call this the duck. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, generally speaking, the majority of time, it's going to be a duck. Once in a while, the duck's wearing a mask. It's the ugly duck, and they're doing something different. Right now, we'll just use the concept of this trend line. It's not a perfect trend line. I'm taking it from a low to a low to not a low to it doesn't hit the low. And we understand that nothing in the market is perfect. We're not in search of perfect. But if I just use common sense and logic, I'll say, hey, even though this isn't a perfect trend line, if they broke below here, they're getting below the 50-period moving average, and then the last line of defense is what? It's that Irene number right here. So I have something a little bit ahead of Irene. I have something to benchmark. Another item other than a one number, an Irene number that I've given you, something else to benchmark. Let's check out inside the numbers. Here are the early thoughts, zero dark 30. Wake up green. Now we forget the market was actually green in the pre-market today. Are they poised for a Friday floater? That's the prevailing wisdom. Today, they did the thing in the 20% camp. They had a red Friday. 450.85 is the early pivot. Opening the day above, put 452 and a quarter on the table. They didn't go in that direction. They went in the other direction. An early shakeout operation would have a test administered down around 449.50. Of course, there would likely be customary bull bear battle around the big fat round number of 450, give or take. Five-minute chart, right at the vertical, today's activity. Here's the first candle of the day. They had a gap opening, and then they came down. Where did they come down to? 449.50. So what did they do? They administered a test at 449.50. Now, they bounce back up, and they can't even get to 450, and they come back down, and therein lies the collapse. And once that failed, 
the next thing on the table was what we've been talking about here, which was essentially 447 down to the 445 zone. And that's what you're going to see inside the numbers. You're going to see a trade. You're going to see an SPY trade that didn't work, a trade that failed because they went lower instead of rallying off that number. The number was right. They bounced. They failed. And that was all she wrote. So what I'm going to do here is scroll up and let you read the notes. That was what was in the notes. There was a trade. They bounced. They didn't keep going. They went in the other direction. The trade was over based on where it was wrong. Closing candles below 449 was no good. And the trade was wrong and they went lower. So here, the next order of business was if they get to 447 to 446.50, I'll buy it again. But they didn't do it till later in the day, the end of the day. That was an entirely different story. As a refresher, if they continued down here, I would have bought it. Here, the low was 447.41. They never got to 447. The low here, 447.34. Then they rallied up and came back later. We don't want it. It's not the same trade at 447, remember? So let me keep going. Read the notes. Go back to the charts to double check the work. Everything relevant is in here. Everything we needed was in here. There was an Apple trade on the board. It came up short of my number, but while we're here, and since this is a weekend video anyway, we'll skip around a little bit. Let's take a look at this real quick. The Apple number was 148.60. Here's a chart of Apple. The low here is 148.70, and they had a quick turnaround, and just minutes later, the high here is 150.80. That's tremendous for a little tiny day trade scalp trade that was posted on the board by accident because Apple just fell out of bed. So they didn't get to the number, but still it shows you that the numbers work. How do I know that? A, they're a destination. They're going to do one of two things if the destination is correct. They're either going to turn right around and go back in the other direction, or they're going to hang out for a cup of coffee because they have another destination in mind. There's going to be more of this kind of stuff inside the numbers, but in a more systematic format, in a more user-friendly format. We're leaving too much opportunity on the table. Let's move it along and into the end of the day. I cut the day short on Friday anyway, and after they came up short of the thing, and then they came down at the end of the day, not taking a trade into the end of the day, into the end of the week with time running out on the clock. What did we have for stocks on the move today? We had McAfee, we had CLVT, and we had KR. Those are the three out of the six opportunities that hit their entry targets. Let's take a look, see what happened. First one on the board was McAfee. You see two numbers on the board, 2199 and 2130. The 2199 was scratched off the board because they hovered over it. They came close a number of times in the first several candles or five-minute candles of the day, and then they came through it. So that candle or that number was off the board, and then the second number actually did work, but they kind of did the Macarena in front of it a couple of times. I wasn't paying attention to McAfee at the time, but there were some traders that were. There were some traders that got the base hit. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. If you just follow the rules and you don't take the trades that don't come straight into the number, and you do take the trades that come into the number, you're going to win the majority of the time. That's just the way it works. 
The second one on the board was CLVT, $24. You see what happened. It's self-explanatory. Getting a buzz cut at the open. They came into the number pretty clean. They bounced right away from it. That right there tells you this was an important number. Now, they may have a different destination in mind, but this number was absolutely important. They did it twice, and then they came back to it at the end of the day. The numbers work, and base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. How about Kroger? Now, this one looked like it sliced through the first number like a hot knife through butter. Until you look at a one-minute chart, and you were trading it in the first minute of the day, then you would realize they gave you the base hit really fast. And then it came back into the second number and lower. When you look at a 15-minute chart, you have to really say, this one just didn't work. I'm not going to put up a one-minute chart and say everybody should have been able to get a base hit on this trade right out of the chute. We're going to have to call this one a shitburger. Now, I didn't take a shitburger on this one. I didn't eat a shitburger. But the numbers really didn't work when you look at anything more than a one-minute chart. So I can't take the one-minute chart and take credit. Not good. Now let's switch over and see what's going on in Camp IWM. Similar situation. We didn't have a spike in volume today, which is interesting in and of itself. But you still have what really is a reversal candle, but from the middle of a range on a chart. So it's not a reversal candle that constitutes a reversal. It's just an ugly candle. But let's look deeper at what's really going on here. Let's see if there's anything similar in conversation to the SPY. Let's see if we see things that others don't. All right, A number one, what do we have? Well, we have a breakup candle low to 20.57. We've already mentioned that before, so we're aware of this. They came into the moving averages. They closed on top of the moving averages, well above the breakup candle low, but they haven't given up the breakup candle low. Why are we bringing up all this? Well, not only is it because most of the time, at least on the first run, they're going to have a reaction in the other direction from a breakup candle low, but this one is also what we like to say on time. What does that mean? Do you have an unclear understanding of what that means? If so, then you haven't taken the course, lazy e-mini trader. Sidebar, time is more important than price. So on time, we're into moving averages, and they have yet to be given up the breakup candle low on a daily close. They didn't really even run a test of the low just yet. So is this a debacle, a debacle in the making, or just a garden variety pullback? We won't know until Monday or beyond, but those are the questions. You have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. Check your bias at the door. When we look at the weekly chart of the IWM, we notice they gave up the 20-period moving average, but they've been back and forth and riding this moving average, so it diminishes the importance of the moving average. It's more of just a guideline, a sense it's really just an average of where price has been, period. That's always what it is, but we can use moving averages when price is coming from afar. When price goes back and forth through them and hangs around and it hovers them, it diminishes the importance of how we use them or the fact that we even use them at all. Now, we have something interesting also. Remember, we had that weekly number that was ultra or uber important. It was 217.67. They closed below it. They closed back above it. 
they close below it, they close back above it. So essentially, by going back and forth, we're going to treat it similar at this point to the moving average. We're going to say the importance of it has been diminished. But I want to bring something else up that's also extremely important, and I don't believe any accidents or coincidence whatsoever. Same weekly chart, another breakup candle, and this time the low is 217.44, and they've yet to run a test. So guess what? That's our new number. That's our new bogey. It's our bogey, or little sister to the Irene number. That's the Irene number. For those of you that are new, I keep saying Irene. What does that mean? It's the goodnight Irene number. Just find it interesting how this breakup candle low is not a lot far away from this breakup candle low that we're watching for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. 217.44, the new number. Staying on the theme of the weekly chart, we've got issues with the folks down at the transportation department. Finished on the lows, was not able to get back to recapture 14,760. This is a bearish pattern. It's headed lower, but there's one more or one last line of defense, which is right here. And if the bulls can't play defense at that pivot low, hello, 50 period moving average and lower. What's the end lower? 13,630, give or take, is the end lower. On a debacle, 12,845, just in case. We talked about this last night, but just as a refresher, same routine as we always discuss. The 13,630 would have been a good deal had they came into it here, maybe even here. But here, after hovering over it like this, that's no good anymore. They've basically been riding the 200 period moving average. It diminishes the importance in terms of a support area of that moving average. It's the same exact concept we discuss all the time. What about the Silicon Valley people? Q people. Last night we discussed 376.50. Today's closing print, 376.59. The low of day today happens to be 376 and a quarter. Interesting. All right. But what's more interesting? Well, we have a breakup candle low and it was given up on close. They had an opportunity to rally back a few pennies and close above it. They chose not to. There's a lot of stuff in here, and we're still above all the moving averages, namely the 20-period moving average. They haven't even touched the 20-period moving average on this decline. As compared to the SPY, that's below the 20-period moving average. You have to say, this is still in an uptrend. We're not going to make a federal case out of a down day, seven or eight-tenths of 1% in the queues. That's pretty much all that happened. If they give up the 20-period moving average and a couple of other numbers, that's a different story. We'll talk about it next week if that takes place. Here's the weekly chart. Look how far above all the moving averages they are on the weekly chart. So on one hand, the trend is your friend. They're all going from lower left to upper right, and they've basically been riding the trend. On the other hand, they're a little bit far from home base, and we know that they'll always come back to check in at home base. If they get below the moving averages and they close below, that's one story. If they don't, that's a different story. And the bull case or bull story is not getting below the 100 and the 50 period moving average. What about Smash Mouth? 
Well, we're going to look at this in two ways. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Here's the deal. Way number one, they made a new high and failed. Put in a tail candle, finished near the lows on volume that was better than the average volume. That sounds like a full stack of bearishness. And taken by itself, it can be. But here's the other side of that. Remember, we're the guy in blue, the umpire. They're above all the moving averages. They were still up two bucks on the day. The trend is your friend. They made a new high here, eight time off the clock, tried to bust out. Doesn't mean they're finished busting out. They were up two bucks on the day when everything else was taken out behind the woodshed. That's called relative strength. And until and unless they close a day below this gap here left open from yesterday, that's a short-term view. Until that happens, there's nothing wrong with the SMH. And by the way, if I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.